Hi, this is Psychic Today with your host, Jill Roberts, and today I'd like to talk about mediumship. What is a psychic medium? What mediums can do? How they do it? And when you should maybe seek guidance from a medium? And the do's and don'ts of speaking with a psychic medium. So, before we begin, I just want to let you know that everyone can be a medium. Not just people who are born with it. It is definitely something that every single person can do and can learn. It's just a matter of developing certain abilities you already have. And if you're committed enough, you will definitely get there. So what is mediumship? Or rather, what is a psychic medium? A medium is a person gifted with certain intuitive abilities which allow them to see the past, present, or future events of a person by tuning in into spiritual entities and vibrations around that individual. They rely on the presence of non-physical energies and believe it or not, the living. So, what can mediums do? The types of readings offered by mediums are widespread and vary from person to person because everyone has a different energy reading, a different past, a different future. Most often, people seek out the guidance of a medium when they want to communicate with the other side. The medium makes a connection with and can pass messages back and forth to those who are no longer living. Mediums receive their information from a variety of sources, including directly from the deceased, as well as spirit guides and even angels. There are several different forms of mediumship. There's what you'd call a mental medium, which is the ability to communicate with spirit using their clear abilities, uh, mental telepathy, empathic and intuitive abilities. There are the quote-unquote clairs, which the clairs are really our psychic senses. So for example, I bet everybody here has heard of clairvoyance. And that's the ability to see images or symbols inside your mind. And this is what is called subjective clairvoyance. I don't want to get you tripped up on the technical terms of it, but just think of it like this. Subjective clairvoyance is the ability to see the images and symbols inside your mind, where objective clairvoyance is seeing with the physical eyes. So you can think of it in just those terms. You don't really need to know subjective or objective, but I want to define them so you know the difference. There's clear audience, which is the ability to hear sound or voices inside the mind, sometimes even vibration. Um, again, objectively, clear audience would be hearing the person with your ears as opposed to inside your mind. There's clairsentience, and that's the ability to feel spirit sensations along the physical body. And this is very helpful for the medium because it can most times help the medium 
convey to the client the manner of which their loved one had passed. So, for example, when I get a tightening in my chest, that usually means that the person had suffered a heart attack. Or, if it's a little bit lower down by my sternum, the tightness there would indicate somebody had respiratory failure and or problems before, during death. Um, empathic abilities. There are a lot of empaths out there and it's a really, really tough sense to have. I am an empath as well. And as an empath, you're able to feel and experience the not only physical but emotional pain of other people. And not just people who've crossed over, but your clients, people you meet in the street, in the supermarket, family members. For me, it comes on as kind of this, when it's a negative empathic uh, feeling, which normally it is because pain seems to get our attention more so than um, joy and happiness. But I can feel it like as like this deep dread in the pit of my stomach and until I figure out who is the person who is feeling that whether it's my mother and even if I haven't seen her I get this feeling and I'll call her see how she's doing if it is if it indeed is her who is having some sort of trouble then I can talk to her about it and automatically snap it goes right away I know it's not mine when I'm have no reason to feel that way there's another type of Claire called claircognizance and this is oddly enough one of the strongest Claire's as a medium I have and it is a knowing and knowing where you cannot explain how you know it because you have either never heard of whatever it is before, you've never studied it, you never looked it up or Googled it, there's just no way you would ever know the specific whatever it is to convey to either family members, clients, or anybody else. So. Clear cognizance is kind of a little frustrating because it's hard to explain how you know something without being able to explain how you know it. But um, it is very helpful in other ways because you can hit the nail right on the head and it makes sense to somebody else as a client and that's all that matters. As long as the client understands, that's it. Um, there's physical mediumship, which is the ability to communicate with spirit using physical abilities. Again, that would be the objective clairs as well. And trance mediumship, which is the ability to communicate with spirit by allowing the spirit to inhabit the physical body. I also do channeling. I've had, you know, spirits come through. Um, actually, I had an instance recently where one of my client's um, father, who is in spirit, actually came in and I was luckily recording my channeling session and my 
during meditation and because I was starting to speak in a language that I don't know so and my voice changed and it was kind of very much like Whoopi Goldberg in um, Ghost where all of a sudden somebody kind of came in and her voice changed and she started talking um, but it's not as scary as that nobody jumped in my body it was just uh, especially since this person's father was a lovely man is a lovely man and um, it just made that experience for my client so much more extraordinary so um, you know that's a couple things of what several forms of mediumship are but and also an example of what mediums can do um, the types of reading readings offered by mediums are widespread and they can vary from person to person because everybody has a different energy different past I know I told you this already different future we're all like snowflakes we all have stronger um, gifts just like we do in life some people are better writers some people are better athletes as mediums we are stronger in certain psychic senses and when I mean psychic, it's an umbrella term. Um, a lot of times people call it psychic mediumship. We're not predicting here. We're, we're passing messages along. Um, and what the purpose is for mediums is to simply give validation to our client or a loved one who is in need of because they're grieving and wants a session. That energy exists and continues to exist after physical life and there are different ways that they use their abilities to help out the living that are left behind there are mediumship readers like myself that help grieving and they are able to give messages on behalf of the loved ones and it lets them know that their loved ones are okay and I know myself that when I've had a death where it was unexpected and I felt like the rug was pulled out from under me, it was so cathartic to know he was okay, to know that he went on. And the medium that I had seen many years ago about this was luckily for me dead on in the sense of she knew things that no one else could know and that's another wonderful part of mediumship you know um, as an evidential medium myself I like to give as much evidence as I can before my clients start elaborating on anything I say because I really want my clients to know and feel that their loved one is here and coming through if they give me too much information, their logical left side of their brain will start picking apart whatever it is that was said during the reading and saying, oh, well, maybe, you know, she heard that because I said X, Y, or Z. So as an evidential medium, I like to give validation and <clears throat> uh, specific information before we get into the conversation part of the reading. I really don't like to call them readings. I like to call them conversations because that's exactly what they are. I mean, 
there is myself and my client, but there's also another person or persons there who were just all sitting around having a conversation. And I wanted to be as the most wonderful and life-changing experience for my clients as it can be. So um, there are also um, a different purpose of mediumship is a seer. And seers help locate the missing. They help work in criminal investigations. They help the police on, with cold cases or cases where people have just gone missing and they're able to identify where the person might be or, you know, what may have happened. And then, of course, there are teachers who pass on messages from incorporeal energies to the living. So, you know, there are a number of ways we do things. While there are different forms of mediumship, many mental mediums that can see, hear, feel, feel communications can express it. And spirits and angels can impress their mind and body with feelings as well as thoughts and ideas that come in the form of sound, which is clairaudience, visions, clairvoyance, ideas and knowledge, claircognizance, and feelings, clairsentience. Regardless of how mediums receive communication, they act like a bridge between the spiritual world and the physical world in which we live. Now, when should you seek guidance from a medium? Everybody differs on this fact. <clears throat> I do something which is called, uh, I have a service called grieving and mediumship. That is for either someone who has just lost somebody and needs help right away. I am also a grief counselor and I'm certified in grief counseling as well. I wanted to do that years ago for my clients because I just felt it makes me a better medium as well if I can help my clients get to their quote-unquote new normal. Some mediums won't see a client before six months. Um, for me, it depends on the situation. So I'm not going to sit here and say I will only see a client if their, their loved one is in spirit for four months or more. Just like mediums are different, every situation is different. So I take that into consideration. So for me, with my grieving and mediumship service, I use different divination tools, including mediumship, to help my clients get through one of the hardest times, if not the hardest time in their life. So if you're ever feeling challenged or caught up in a web of emotion that is difficult to process, a medium can likely help you work through those things. When it comes to passing of someone close to you, those who have moved on are often at peace. It's those of us remaining behind who struggle with the loss and the needing of closure. So when you work with a medium to communicate with the other side, it can bring necessary closure and help you process feelings and emotions you're not used to wrestling with. For those experienced feelings like those, the best time to seek out the guidance of a medium is probably right away. 
Allowing feelings of unrest to linger and can store negative energy, disrupting your natural balance and inhibiting your positive forward thought. And it causes dis-ease, which can become disease. When you're stuck at this point and you're just so muddled and grief-stricken, it is important to kind of get that out and not just through talk therapy. Mediumship is another tool that you have to help you get through this hard period of time. In addition to answering questions and finding closure, a medium can also help rid yourself of accumulated negative energies and restore those much-needed balances. Another thing I just want to touch on is the do's and don'ts of speaking with a psychic medium. I don't like to use the word psychic medium, but I will, just so for the sake of this conversation that we're having now. Everyone has their own beliefs, and that's perfectly all right, of course. When it comes right down to it, though, we're all spiritual beings who are living a human experience. Mediums work on a higher level to connect us with the spiritual world. We're not fortune tellers. We can only provide a strong, accurate reading if our client is in tune and ready to receive it. So here are some simple do's and don'ts to keep in mind before contacting a medium for guidance. Number one, don't be a skeptic. If your heart and your mind isn't open, then you'll only be wasting your time because you're blocking your own energy. And this is very true. I've had clients who've been skeptics, going into it skeptical, lying to try and throw me off and all that is doing is wasting my time and my clients money so if you're not serious about it if you have reservations talk to the medium ahead of time tell them you're really not into this but you're open-minded and you want to see how it goes and that's it as long as you're open-minded and you leave your energy open so the medium can work, you might surprise you might be surprised depending on the medium. If they're, you know, fantastic, you will have an extraordinary experience. And that's the most important thing. No one's here to try and make you a believer. You know, um, this is we're not gypsies, we're not trying to swindle anybody out of money. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of mediums struggle with charging for our, our fees for our clients. And for me, I take two hours out. I do prep work a week before. For me, prep work is taking time to meditate and channel to get in contact with my clients, loved ones ahead of time, especially if there is a specific person they want to come through. And I even give my clients a little bit of pre-work to do because that helps them set the intention to have that specific loved one they really want to hear from come through. So number one, don't be a skeptic and keep your mind and heart open. Number two, be honest. Trying to get an accurate reading is not the time to play games and try and test your medium. So don't lie. Don't try and throw the medium off because it's just going to, again, muddle your energy and it will just, again, waste time and waste clients' money. 
Um, so number three, answer honestly but simply. Don't go into great detail. The shorter and more concise your answers are, the easier it is for the medium to focus. And for you to know this is your loved one coming through. That's the most important part for me. As an evidential medium, in the beginning, I try and get as much details as I can as possible, of course, which is the evidential part of the art of mediumship. But again, some mediums find it easier to do that in the middle or, you know, wrapping up session of the reading. I like to try and get it all out of the way, ask my client if they know who this person is, and if they do, then we move forward with the reading. So also, number four, take the time to communicate on your own before you visit or speak with the medium. Let the spirits know when you plan to visit the medium by communicating through meditation or simply saying it aloud. For example, Let's say I have a client on Saturday, and the client is Jane. Jane would like to, before she goes to bed, could, in a way that she prays, or aloud, say, say she wants to speak to her husband who has passed by the name of Jeff. She can say, Jeff, I'm meeting with Jill on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Please come through. That's all you have to do. Just tell your loved one when the appointment is. Ask them to be there. And they're always there. Because they're always with you too. So they will be there. And you can ask them to make a strong connection. And this is why I like to do my prep work ahead of time. I don't like to know who the person is looking for what they're looking to messages to get from them. I just let the, that person's loved ones come through. I audio tape it and then I go back over it and I try and get that squared away before we sit down to talk. So do number do and don't number five. When the medium presents you with the detailed evidence of a past loved one, make sure you are open to all your past loved ones. Sometimes clients can have what's called psychic amnesia, which is much like having tunnel vision because they are only looking for a specific person to come through. Please keep an open mind and listen to who is coming through. That one person that you want to hear from might come through. And <clears throat> yes. so the one you want to come through might be pushed aside by either other family members or friends who feel they need to get through to you first or that person may be being brought forward from some, by somebody else because their energy may not be strong enough or if they're personally quite shy they need they may need some help connecting and one of your other past loved ones can help them come through and make a stronger connection so even if you don't want to hear hear from aunt may but 
Jeff is the one you want to hear from and Aunt May comes through first, listen to what Aunt May has to say and she might be bringing through Jeff. And, and of course, this is for our hypothetical Jane. Um, so if Jane just says no, she doesn't know an Aunt May and doesn't recognize her, this is a form of psychic amnesia. Wanting to hear from that one person so desperately that you just can't even conceive of anybody else coming through or acknowledging them. Acknowledge them. Keep notes if you have to. What I do is I use Zoom conferencing online and that's taped so that way my clients can go over it and over it and over it again however many times they want because they get a copy of the reading. So this is very important for you if you're thinking about getting a mediumship reading or if you're looking into mediumship. So, as always, I hope this has been informative, and next week we're going to be talking about Claire's in detail, what they are, some exercises, and what you can do to strengthen them. Have a wonderful morning, evening, or night, and we'll talk soon. This is Psychic Today with Jill Roberts.